Welcome to part two of the second episode of Tech Talk, your video podcast brought to you by Agile Lab. Agile because it's an Italian company and that's how we pronounce Agile. You can find us on the web on agilelab.it. With us today, we have Henrik Gottberg, the CEO and founder of Derdax, and Alberto Firpo, the CEO and founder of Agile Lab itself. It was very interesting in the first part of this episode, we talked about uh, Data Mesh for about half an hour, about the pain points it solves and how it solves them. And I was uh, very interested uh, in seeing how neither of you talked specifically about technology. You didn't talk about uh, specific, uh, specific databases or a cloud or on-premise. It seems like this is a very organizational change. So I would like to ask Enrich, if this is the case, I know that change management by itself is a, is a science. And what are the, the main uh, blockers, the main problems in creating this organizational change that leads to a data mesh implementation in a corporation? I mean, first of all, um, you need to understand the organizational changes and the mission changes on IT side as well as on business side, because it, it fundamentally shifts a little bit the the balancing of how do you view IT versus business? Do we really have any more now IT supply and IT demand? I mean, like the traditional model, we have business process oriented, and then we had IT demand sitting within the business and then talking to someone in IT supply. So it's, it's a big whispering game going on. And here now, all of a sudden, we basically say that we all need to be tech savvy. The business side needs to have tech, the central IT needs to have tech, but we also need to do different things. So to explore this organizational change, I think you can explore how it looks like from the central IT perspective, and you can explore it how it looks from the like the business perspective. And and if I start now with with the with the business perspective, maybe Alberto can look at the uh, IT perspective. But for me, the, the main pain points from an organizational change point of view starts ultimately with a fundamental data literacy problem. So if I go out in the business side and I try to explain to the business side that, hey, we actually need to take care and be owners of our own data. We need to even be owners of our own data products. Um, we need to we need to uh, recruit people in order to work with our assembly line. You're, you're fundamentally shifting what core roles should I now uh, invest in from a business domain perspective. So and, and so here now we then open up the Pandora's box on how do we steer uh, our, 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 our organizational, you know, who what roles should I recruit? We we. Sorry, I don't know what that was. Uh, did you hear that? Should we break and take that again? Uh, as you, wish, you can you can just go on from uh, the, the last concept you were saying, and then we'll cut and paste in post. Yeah, cut and paste in post. So what I'm saying, so so what I'm saying is that um, 
you you it 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 changes sort of it starts with fundamental training and literacy and understanding of 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 uh, what you need to have as 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 core team uh, part of you know the domain. It it changes how you now do uh, you know capacity planning and budgeting. Uh, how you know what is viewed as IT, what is viewed as business. Um, it changes uh, what uh, roles you need to have within your business team, so to speak. Uh, and ultimately, when you start working in in a, in a modular way and and in this way, it it I believe it fundamentally changes and shifts uh, into uh, business DevOps. So the way now we are uh, we are we are becoming more data and AI driven. How we get new more advanced features in uh, AI machine learning recommender systems or new analytics and reports or new data driven processes. We need to flip from this sort of project world investment world into what is traditional software development. You know, we have a, a, a huge backlog of uh, business ideas and innovation ideas we want to do, and we need to drive them down in a, in a different way. So it ultimately changes how you organize and orchestrate your work. So, so I give one example. Many companies today, they work with a run spend. What's the business line operation, business, la, la, la. And then I have my project spend. I do my investment projects in terms of running IT projects or, or, other, or other business projects. And here now, they converge. I mean, like it, it's the core business is now data savvy and they are adding more and more features into their business and services. It's this whole idea of that process becomes product. We, we are treating our, our core services to our end customers as, as products that are evolving. We are, be, we, are, we are making the user experience better. We are automating the flow better. So it, it also changes now into what I call business ops. So the way also business needs to organize the way they innovate follows fundamental uh, software paradigm. So in the same way that software had to realize that waterfall is not maybe the best way to do, uh, that, that type of steering is not the best way to do software development. Well, when my core business now is data and AI first, we become all, to some degree, all business processes becomes software driven, AI driven, data driven. So, so it, it flips your operating model, it flips your, your, your budgeting model, it flips your, uh, your roles that you want to hire and, 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 and have capacity for. So basically it's a pivot of the core business setup. And in this way, I don't think you go in the data mesh idea as, as a fundamental uh, project. It, it's, it's a fundamental practice and it's a fundamental pivot, which is about setting yourself up for a data and AI first mindset, a data and AI first uh, point of view. So basically we have our core business strategy, but our core business model and business strategy need to be attuned for data and AI driven world. So how will our business operations work then? Well, it will work more, it needs to work more <laughs> We all have to do software in some ways. That's the crazy part. And of course, if I say that to a Google company, it 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 it's some it's something, right? But if I go into a asset-heavy type of industry, I think the challenge is even bigger than for a data-native type of company because the, the the physical asset as an energy company have or the physical truck doesn't go away. 
So you need to balance now an engineering culture with a software and data culture, and you need to make those two domains merge. So ultimately, the new business model and operating model is happening. You know, we have the old domain knowledge over here, and we have now data and AI software knowledge over here, and then they merge in a Venn diagram, and you're trying to figure out the operating model in the middle here. This is the business perspective of things. Uh, I think when you do that understanding, if you start with the business first mindset, how will we organize ourselves when we are data and AI first and we need to deal with software as part of our core business? Um, the next topic becomes then, what role does central IT need to play? Now, if, if we are doing tech in some ways inside the core business domain, what is the, what is the role of IT that we now should focus on? And I think that's, uh, I think uh, Alberto, you can latch on to here, but for me, it, it's, they, they are super important. You cannot do this and take away central IT mindset, but it's to understand how they play together. The factory, infra cell service, setting the ecosystem governance, setting the design patterns, so all the different domains can work faster. In order for me to work faster and with agility, I, need, I want IT to take care so I can be much more managed service and self-service on the infra stuff. So if you understand those two roles, it also changes what type of role and focus is my IT department need to have. So if you, I, I think I, I outlined, the, you know, it, it all changes. And we can go into more detail concretely, but in, in a nutshell, it flips, it flips into a business ops uh, business model. Yeah, interesting uh, on that. Uh, Nicola, if you want, I can add uh, a bit of other dimensions on that. Uh, because actually, organizational change is, uh, uh, is needed, uh, is a must in, in, that, uh, in that kind of perspective around data mesh. And, that, and at the same time, it is uh, a problem to solve. Uh, because uh, not all the companies are uh, uh, set up to change fast uh, from this perspective. And um, within this point, uh, there are uh, many, many facets to be, uh, to be aware of. So uh, from the first, mm, first point that I want to highlight is, is that. So uh, when you go into a data mesh uh, scenario, um, all the company must embrace the, this view uh, in order to be business ops like in order to be more agile but uh, there is a huge need to embrace globally uh, this kind of view so have uh, what we call a, a buy-in from each business unit so uh, th this is the basics of a, an, an organizational change otherwise if a single unit changes and nobody else change, you don't have a change. So everybody needs to change uh, from that from this perspective. <clears throat> and one of the first points uh, that, that we, we would like to, generally speaking, that, that we I like with our customer is to define um, a specific purpose uh, for the roles, for the new roles uh, that, that could, could be assigned to different people or same people that move to other kind of teams uh, in order to embrace a new kind of company manifesto, uh, as we can say. Uh, because uh, if there is no um, total buy-in uh, 
within this view is impossible to engage people it's impossible to have transparency into the organizational process generally speaking so the purpose must be clear and the role the roles must be defined clearly from this perspective and, and this is an organizational shift mm, i don't care about technology with the with this kind of uh, of perspective so it is very important to engage this uh, this change through a total view without being close within a specific uh, business unit that maybe they are excited about uh, uh, adopting this new kind of uh, of pattern but uh, a general buy-in is required from this perspective i don't know what you think uh, enric from your perspective on on that uh, within this holistic view regarding uh, data mesh i mean like i i i think you are correct to get to the end game to get to the end game to get to reap the full benefit of data mesh uh, i think you're right and ultimately it's a little bit like we have to, this is why i focus my passion lies to focus on traditional companies uh, who has an analog uh, proud uh, history so to speak because this is this is about they understanding the whole pivot this is about they understanding when i grow up and when i uh, for me it's like we have been an industrialized aged uh, automation of muscle power yeah uh, factory uh, ideas industrialization right and now we now we go into the next macro life cycle which is data and ai first really i don't think we have seen it before so it's not putting data and ai on top of old processes is about first principles it's about tearing down the way we did it before understanding our business with new eyes and then building 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 it up again so ultimately data mesh fits with the pivot into what is the new company all about when we when we when we grow up and become relevant and successful and compete with the Googles and Amazons of the world. And and from this perspective, uh, Alberto is right. Now, the, the problem is how, yeah? How do I take a big enterprise with 150,000 employees across, across the globe? And how do I actually get onto that uh, journey? And for me, this is also what I think it's um, um, to understand what Alberto is saying is that you need to ultimately get that buy-in. And it's just like from the top, and the bottom and the middle but how to do it it's it's is truly a journey right i mean like so even if you fundamentally start thinking about this is the way to go and we understand this from a macro perspective we we, we will die as a company if we are not understanding ourselves in a, in a data and ai ecosystem you need to have that understanding that okay this is the new ball game right but then when you get on that journey to get to buy in I don't I believe it's this a lot right so you need to work very high on top but then you need to start somewhere to light up a data mesh and to get to the full plug in you know go and run speed it's it's quite a lot of work that needs to be done now what I see I've seen you know investment calculations how much work is it to really do this in a large enterprise and when you look at this in isolation, it's a quite massive investment as well. That's why you also need buy-in. But in reality, these are investments that you would have done otherwise in your, you know, for me, it's not so much that it's a completely new investment. 
Is it fundamental channeling of all investment that you're doing in the IT technology data space to go in this direction? So when someone says, oh, we're going to build data mesh now, and you need to have now uh, many, many, many millions to get this done in, in, in a large enterprise, I actually say, no, you need to redistribute what you would have done in silo projects. You have a project budget in a large company in billions, right? What's the problem? You need to now redistribute that investment to work according to a new pattern, a new practice. So that's why ultimately you need to have this top buy-in. But then when you go in this direction, you come to the reality that here we have one part of the business which is quite data savvy. They are ready to go first. And here we have another part of the business which are data illiterate. They, have, they, 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 haven't, they, don't, they never work with data. They rely on IT. They will not be able to take the role in the first year. So for me, it's a little bit like the whole company is now sitting in a, in, in a, on a train ride. Yeah, I'm going in a train from Stockholm to Paris. You know, and then you select you know, who is going to drive the first part of the data mesh journey to Paris simply by being the guys who they get into a quite bare bone train carriage and they can paint it and they can fix it. They can sort it out. And then the further you go down the track now towards Paris, when you get to Austria sort of thing, you know, past, you know, past Germany, uh, we, are, we are on a roll now. We have the fundamental templates. We have our onboarding concepts. We have our playbooks. We have a whole, you know, change management engine set up based on the learnings from the first movers, so to speak. So it becomes a microcosmos of who's your first movers, who's the majority, who's your laggards in, in, in a corporation. So we, but to get here, ultimately, this is a snowball effect, and you need to build this total buy-in in one way. But uh, to start, that total buy-in starts with Skunkort, typically, <laughs> even. You know, it starts in one corner, and then it's, and then it's a massive part of, you know, doing something really well in one corner, but at the same time, explaining, training, highlighting how, how this is basically part of the core business model. So, so it really also states that you can't make data mesh as a technology concept. That's why, that's why I started to understand for, for, for the energy companies, for the transport companies, it's part of their ecosystem business strategy. So it's like it's, it's the business strategy highlights that we need to be faster decentralized. And then what is the technology consequences? And just taking data mesh becomes the ultimate consequence how we need to organize our IT practice or the data practice. So yes, full buy-in, how, journey, on a train ride, first movers, data literate first, laggards, put them on when you have done a lot of work so they can sort of, so I, I usually say, both in, in my old company, in Vattenfall and Scania, do you like to be a part of shaping this? Go on early. Or do you basically want it to be shaped and just have an easy managed service ride? Come in later. No problem. I think that's the yeah, key sure. topic here to talk about the journey as well, I guess. Sure, sure. So going back to, to the questions um, that you asked me before regarding IT, uh, also from, from you, Nicolò, uh, obviously there's a change also on that part, uh, organizational change, I mean. <clears throat> and from this perspective, uh, it means that uh, uh, the team organization will be different. Uh, it, it does not really mean that you need to add people and people, but first of all, simply reorganizing the team 
in order to to work better than than in a centralized kind of view so uh, it means that you need to create new kind of teams with new roles and defining very clearly what these new roles are so defining the accountability of accountabilities of these new roles uh, like in every uh, organizational change so basically uh, it means from specifically from the IT perspective uh, that um, data product teams uh, must born uh, I mean with data product owners data engineers data scientists and the normal teams that normally manage operational teams that it means that people need to move somewhere from, from in, in a company organization and to migrate uh, somewhere else, uh, in, in, another, in another place, in an organizational kind of, of view. But uh, it is very important to define clearly, in a transparent way, uh, what are the accountabilities of these new roles, like in every organization, uh, I can say. So like, for example, uh, I don't know, if you are a data product owner in the data product team, you need to have a clear vision and roadmap for what a data product is, and so what for the data product that you own as a, as a data product owner, uh, because you have to ensure that this data product must be, must be discoverable, highly usable, uh, legally compliant from the compliance perspective, and uh, as a good quality. Uh, you need to consider that your data product is an important asset for the whole company, and you need to promote and evangelize it for everybody, for every consumer outside the company. Uh, you need, uh, I don't know, collect uh, uh, development tasks from, from the other organization peers. Uh, you, need, you, need, you must have a good understanding of the data itself, uh, otherwise you don't understand anything of what you do. Uh, and you must probably allocate more than the 50% of your time within these accountabilities. So defining very well roles the new roles of IT specifically uh, is, is, a, is a very important key change in order to uh, build transparency through the company. This is a, a principle that uh, generally speaking works in an organization. So it works more in a change scenario. Uh, it works as well for the other roles that, uh, that needs to be put in place. Uh, like for example, uh, remaining on, on, on the data mesh kind of perspective uh, there are many other things that could be uh, created in order to let the thing move. Uh, so in the central governance platform, there are scaffolding teams, uh, um, data governance team, infrastructure provisioning team. Uh, and so there are many other kind of cross teams that are very, very important in the organization. Like, for example, the enablement uh, and solution team. Uh, or teams, there are more than one, uh, that are very, very important in order to facilitate and collaborate uh, around adoption. Uh, otherwise, you have a new instrument, organization and architectural one, and nobody wants to use it. And so you need to enable the adoption uh, from this perspective. And uh, it is very important because when this change happens, uh, the company is not freezed. So the, normally there are uh, kind of evolution roadmaps of products in place that needs that needs to be work arounded, and so uh, these enablement teams uh, allow 
to, to bridge the change into a, a new vision, into adopt work, uh, workarounds that, that could be put in place locally during the times or temporarily, and then to bridge uh, the, the new architect and coming with specific roadmaps during the time, because obviously uh, nobody can, can be stiff in the change without moving and say, okay, we, we stay stiff and, and, and then we start with the data mesh two years later because it's not possible. And so everybody is moving on uh, past roadmaps that are running during the times. And so this enabling team is very, very important in order to bridge uh, the as is with the to be, but in a, in a running process, so in a, in a uh, evolutionary process that, that must be put in place during the, the journey. Uh, and then there are some other specific teams like uh, site reliability engineering that are mainly brewed and diffused around the company you know, in order to um, to let the infrastructure and the provisioning work around uh, this specific new kind of architecture. But it is, uh, I can say that the, the first point that must be clear is the role transparency in the change must be very, very clear because transparency within this process should be the key or must be the key. But I think, I think actually, I mean, like, so we, are, we all understand it, it, it will have an organizational impact, but can I touch it? Can we, how does it look? I think one example to make this a little bit more clear wh what it will look like or how it will change is if, if you imagine like in, 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 a, in a more traditional company where the business don't really have data technology software skills, they say, I want something and then they flip, flip it to central IT, regardless if it's we're talking core systems or, or big data. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now, now we then have, a, a, let's say we have a big data team from everything centrally, totally 100, 1,000 FTEs, we say 1,000 FTEs. And they are now organized according to one monolithic paradigm, and they're organized according to a paradigm where if, if, they has, if any email has a letter of data in it, it goes, it's IT, it, it doesn't belong to business, right? That's where we are coming from, yeah, separation sure. between business and IT. Now, when we start exploring, as one example, as, as a tip, if we explore the four core principles of data mesh, starts to identify all these people who are organized according to these ideas now. And now I have four principles that I need to solve. So I need to have, uh, I mean, like the distributed architecture, la la la. We need to have a data domain driven distributed architecture. The, the, core, the core keyword here is domain. How do I understand organization from domain perspective? Even in IT, yeah? how do I support different domains? Then we go, then we go into data product thinking. So, okay. It means someone needs to work on the data product side. So all of a sudden, people have been sitting in central IT, they have the technology. In the new way of organizing, I mean, like the way we do it, or I'm used to do it, they are still hired by IT. They, they, they belong to the central team in, in knowing the design pattern, but they're working 100% for one data product team, one data domain team. That's all they do. They're working one. So here we have, okay, some people need to go here. Then we have ecosystem governance. We need to have ecosystem governance. So what is that all about? Well, we need to have design pattern governance. We need to have data governance. We need to have use and access governance. So we, okay, so we kind of need to have people working on that for all the company, you know, you know, to drive and facilitate an ecosystem governance. And for me, ecosystem governance is not made up of only big boards. It's the community, it's the chapters, 
who needs to then be organized. So who who takes on the job to drive those that ecosystem, the community? Sure. And then you have the fourth one, uh, infrastructure self-service, uh, infrastructure platform as self-service. Okay, what is it that I need to now provide as infrastructure? So here all of a sudden, these 1,000 FTEs, uh, 200 goes into ecosystem facilitation, 200 goes into data sure. product uh, roles, and 200 goes into um, working on the on the on what on on the self on the infra factory, so to speak. So in a way, it's not really rocket science. It's more about about understanding the principles, and then you know, I mean, like that's the difference, right? You need to know data mesh and take what. How do I translate principles into technology areas, into practice areas, and then how, how do I staff that up? So in my mind, we were organized according to a supply demand paradigm, central IT, and now we are flipping that model, and then we are taking those resources and see, you know, how how what roles do I need to fill with this paradigm? And so it's about then you need to peel the onion on data mesh principle down to quite concrete level, and then I think okay, you you have you're an engineer, no problem. Will do you like to work on the product side? Or do you like to work on the infra side? You're an engineer, but you have different works. You're a data scientist. Do you like to work with the scaffolding template side, or do you want to work on the on the on the business problem? And we all sort it out. I think, yeah. in my opinion, principles is a good way to trying to understand how I need to flip the old paradigm into the new paradigm. It starts with following and, and dissecting and decomposing or deconstructing the principles. I think it's a good way to understand it. I agree. I agree. Totally agree. It's a way to decompose the the SES team in order to have a new to be organization and to distribute also the same people yeah. without same adding people. any anything. I don't think we add people. I, I don't. I don't really think we are adding people, Alberto. I think we are redist. We are exactly, rechanneling. Exactly. We are rechanneling investments. Rechanneling and, re re uh, and or re reorganizing. According to a new practice and a new paradigm, that's it. But so, of course, it you need knowledge. You need to do the decomposition. I mean, like that's why this is a journey, and why this is you know for the for the first movers who are shaping this, they are not only shaping the technology, they are shaping the roles, they are shaping the practice itself. So, so data mesh is a practice more than it is technology, because if you know your practice and you know how you want to do things. Data mesh ideas is fairly agnostic. You 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 decide what technology fits for what design pattern, and you go go with it. And even even to the point where if you're truly sharp on data mesh, what is inside one data product doesn't really matter, in, in, as long as you know the data product works in the mesh. If you if I take it to the extreme, this is a practice. I have a last question because it. It struck me that uh, data mesh is an incredibly new, an incredibly recent paradigm, but at the same time, it goes really deep. It's a really meaningful change in an organization. And there are very, very few people in the world who have already a direct experience in implementing a data mesh. And we are incredibly lucky today because we have two such people with us in the podcast with direct experience. So I want to ask you a very practical question. Uh, so far, we talked about uh, the general concept and, in a way, an ideal scenario where we have buy-in from, from the top, from the bottom, and from the middle. 
But in real life scenarios, we all know that corporations are very complex and, and sometimes uh, business units or, or production units or units in general are not so keen on change for a variety of reasons. So in practice, when it is so important to create a, a corporation-wide new ecosystem to, to create this pivot, how do you guide, how do you help adoption if there is no buy-in from an important uh, specific unit in the corporation? Very good question. <laughs> very challenging, very, very challenging. I, the way I see this is that data mesh cannot really be a, um, it doesn't come like this. It doesn't just from nowhere we flip this. For me, it has been a progressive learning over many years. So even if data mesh is a concept, these problems have been itching my back for the last seven or eight years, right? So it's a little bit like, what happened with data mesh is that someone did a really good job putting some words and, and framing on it on a quite high level where I now start pulling the pieces in that I've then done for many years and say, okay, if I follow this frame and these principles, what have I learned? What have I done in the past? So it's, it's really, I mean, like we don't stand, I mean, like no organizations should ever stand still anymore. Uh, and this is used, you know, what happens if we, if we go in this direction? But I think the main problem you, you highlight, uh, Nicolo, is that there needs to be a fundamental grassroots movement somewhere around this. There needs to be quite deep expertise. So it's very hard to, that it will start on the absolute top management. It will start on middle manager level or uh, that sort of start understanding we, we, this is not optimal. It's not working. And then it, this storytelling, it's pain articulating the pain points and, and explaining it over and over again, I think is a key topic. And then it's a little bit like you need to find a data domain which is quite mature. Typically you have areas within a huge corporation who has come quite far in the data and AI space and where you can have this conversation with and start sort of what I mean the skunk work. And when I say skunk work, it's a little bit like you kind of need to start in one corner and, and discuss it and work on it in order to get to the concrete level where you can do the storytelling and you can start gaining momentum. But if you don't have that starting point at all, I, I don't think you're mature enough. I, for me, it's a little bit like uh, Vattenfall, Scania, they've been through the journey for, for five, six, seven years already. So this is their cloud 2.0 discussion. It's not their first cloud discussion they have, it's their second or third. So you, you, you kind of need to be, if you don't have this, uh, if you haven't experienced the pain yet, you know, you could try to jump the pitfalls. But but in I, I would say for someone who hasn't done anything like this, this looks complicated. Let's try central approach first. And then they figure out what's wrong with the central approach. And then they will be ready for this. So it's a little bit like, I think it's really hard to jump straight into these ideas if you don't have some basic data literacy in your company. That's my opinion. I don't know, Alberto. Uh, you need to have traction somewhere. Uh, it's complex, and uh, data mesh itself is just naming of uh, having an uh, organizational and then architectural and uh, IT technology and whatever transformation through uh towards sorry um decentralized and distributed kind of operating model for a company 
so data mesh is just a name of that. Obviously, if you start without any uh, past experience, uh, specifically on data, uh, it's very difficult to, um, it's like bootstrapping from scratch and it's impossible, I mean, to go, to go directly to distributed. Probably someone does it uh, in the world, probably. Uh, we, we normally interface huge corporates that have an history and obviously past discussions about going to cloud, uh, about evolving this kind of uh, uh, models. So uh, if you have an history, you have also had investments and you're feeling these pain points. And so you need to evolve from, from this situation. Uh, obviously, it's not something that, that you flip uh, and you go because uh, it's something that needs to be planned accurately. It's a journey. Uh, every organizational change is a journey. It's not something that you, that you can do from now uh, and, and tomorrow flipping uh, fingers. It's impossible. And um, as the corporate is, is huger, uh, is bigger, obviously you need to move more engines inside. And so the journey is, is longer to do that. Um, and then it depends on the, the, the level of, co of commitment. When you have a, a super high commitment on that, you can see big corporate change in, in one year from that. But you need to have uh, directly from the upper levels, I, need the, I mean, the CEO level, this kind of statement that you need to go towards this direction because this is the direction that the company wants to follow. And so, uh, you can see also big giants move uh, fast. Uh, otherwise, without commitment, and I go to the to the to the question, I mean a top-down commitment that is like that. It could be even something dictatorial. I mean, uh, in some way, but is needed because uh, uh, when when you have this input, uh, everybody moves faster. When you have to build that uh, in a sort of bottom-up and you have to sell something through the upper levels in order to realize this commitment and then obtain uh, this kind of uh, uh, new direction statement is difficult. It's very difficult uh, because without, uh, as I said before, without uh, an holistic buy-in, it's very difficult to, to establish this change because uh, um, it's impossible to have uh, one, one business unit changing and, and the other company does not change because probably they will go fast, but it's, it's not a, a, an holistic change. It's just someone that, that wants to, to, to go faster and adopts w whatever kind of instruments that he needs to, to reach his scope. But um, we are not reaching a global uh, scope on that. So moving to this kind of organization, a global organizational change without having a, a global buy-in, I think that is very difficult. And so it requires time to build this commitment from bottom up. And I also think, remember now, we are to, we're talking about the distributed practice here. So ultimately it's about having a fit for architecture and how we work with technology and software that fits the fundamental business strategy and business model you have. Sure. So I mean, like, so data mesh is not relevant in some cases, right? If if your if your company doesn't look Absolutely. like this, you shouldn't go for this type of 
architecture, what I think we see now is that for the some of the really, really big corporations, and even I, I can even take it into a cultural dimension that has a very strong decentralized culture already, the whole organizational setup, the steering mandates, the investments have always been centralized, but decentralized. And in this space, IT has always struggled because they're trying to fit the central model that doesn't really adopt well to the business fundamental culture and business model. And I see that very, very clearly in, I mean, in the energy space, it's very, very clear. You can see one big utility and you can say, oh, it's a big corporation. It's not one corporation. It's a, it's a distributed corporation. It's a retail corporation. It's a trading corporation. It's a nuclear power plant corporation. So by default, right, their fundamental business pattern is distributed. And here we've had for years now central IT making a shitty job, in my opinion. They have not had the right fit for the business. The same goes with when, it, when you have a truly, truly global company. And be, be, you know, as long as you have a central IT team that tries to run the global IT from one central location towards the whole world, it has never really worked so well. Never. I'm sorry. Uh, this is my opinion, right? So it's a little bit like, hmm, are the fundamental business drivers and strategies about ecosystem? Are they? Are you truly decentralized in your culture? Are you truly diverse globally? Then what is the most optimal practice for this type of company? I think this is when you look at data mesh. I, I think this is also very clear that this is not relevant in all cases, but it's relevant yeah. that it's more like the, the lack of relevance with the central model that we have been trying to do in relation to businesses that, that don't look like that. They don't have that culture. They don't have that steering. So if, if you know what I'm talking about, if you feel like um, we are decentralized, our steering looks like this, actually, well, shouldn't your IT approach fit your business? Very basic. That's where I think data mesh comes in. Yeah, sure. This is the perfect identikit, as you described, of the company that requires this kind of approach. Obviously, if you are not within this identikit, similar to that, you probably don't need it. And uh, if you are a startup, for example, you, you don't need a, uh, as an opposite side, you don't need this kind of, of approach, obviously, because you are not complex by, by, by design. Obviously, you avoid this, this complexity. And so coming to a general philosophical principle, um, probably that ruled in the, the industrial uh, kind of legacy uh, corporates, uh, uh, if you need to establish control, you need to have uh, this hierarchical kind of organization going towards the centralized quarter because you need to to have the to think about control. And so this is the only way that that you think about control. You, you just know this this kind of pattern to control hey, things right. and control process. Yeah, exactly. So, so so the organizational construct has followed Tayloristic models. Exactly, Tayloristic model. Yeah, and exactly the Tayloristic like model, model is from in, from military, like the general, la, 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 la. Hierarchy. All of a exactly. sudden, you know, when I now go into the ecosystem type business model, it's a little bit like if I go from this business unit, I need to go up all the generals to here, and then I go down here to build anything. This is not speed, my friends. This is, this is not exactly. speed. 
you know, then you need to have a mesh. You need to interconnect people, right? So it, it goes also, it's this the Tayloristic business approach also is, is dying because the general don't know the technology. He can't do it, right? So you need to have the real super experts working with the real super experts. So, so the Tayloristic chain of command uh, is very tricky also in the data and AI space. Because all of a sudden now, who can really do the architecture and decide if you go left and right? It's your geeks, right? <laughs> it's not your general. Yeah, sure. I totally agree with you. But if, from from my, my opinion, uh, Tayloristic approach does not work, generally speaking, in every company. So um, holistic view and so delegation of authority and um, delegation right. of accountability is, is the only way to the real scale. Yeah, in, an, in, an, in a modern organization. This could be an interesting point yeah, of evolution also. We talked about scale and we talked about speed. And to have real speed, you need to separate decision, strategical decision horizon to tactical decision sure. horizon to operational decision horizon. And the operational decision horizon, I decide every day. Every day I decide. Okay, so how do I do have a chain in command with the general should do operational decisions? It doesn't work. Sure, this sure. Is not speed. This is not speed, right? So, exactly. so this is another angle on, on this. Um, but um, data mesh, if you flip it back here, is, is actually the practices that when, we, when it gets really super complex or when you're in an ecosystem or decentralized environment. Um, sure. Yeah. Interesting so stuff. Yeah, very, very interesting. We went into high level philosophy into that. Then we need to stop it. Otherwise, we don't know where we are going. Yes, I think on, on this note, uh, it's time to end uh, this episode, this uh, second part of the second episode. And uh, I want to thank Alberto and Henrik for their concrete, real world experience uh, in implementing Data Mesh. But, but Data Mesh is, is a paradigm shift, so we have a lot more to say. I hope they will come and join us in some future episodes to discuss even more uh, of these uh, philosophical themes uh, mixed with, with this rare practical experience of what really happens and what really happened in implementing Data Mesh. If you don't want to miss these future talks and uh, the next episodes, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell so you get notified when we publish a new video. Thank you, everyone, and see you all soon. Ciao. Bye. Ciao.